If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It is my great pleasure to be with you on a Libations Friday. Lucy Goosey edition of the program. I'm Jeff, that is Tom, Director Matthew, on the ones and twos. By the way, you can uh, watch the show, of course, on YouTube and Facebook and Periscope and all kinds of places, thanks to Warchant TV. You can certainly listen, thanks to our friends here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Let's get almost right to it, right? Spirited uh, practice yesterday, I know, and uh, here we go now with... uh, more practice today for the upcoming scrimmage going into the weekend, and um, it's a it's a big to do. It's a big time, right? Uh, I think for Florida State as we get closer and closer, I, I get more and more excited every day. Here we are on the twentieth already, and soon enough. It's funny because it's my my enthusiasm and the giddiness I feel surrounding. Uh, football in general is elevated by the fact you got two games tonight: Kansas City, Arizona, Cincinnati, and Washington. A full slate on Saturday, beginning mid-afternoon, going all the way late into the night with two ten o'clock kickoffs as well. So, if you want to get down with a little preseason action as a sporting guy or gal, I don't know if that's your cup of tea or not. Each to his own. But Buffalo, Chicago, New York, Green Bay, Atlanta, Miami, Baltimore, Carolina, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, and Tampa Bay, which have had a spirited practice this week, a scrimmage that uh, ended up in a fight and some players having to be kicked out and told to uh, not come back for uh, the afternoon. Houston and Dallas, Indianapolis in Minnesota, Vegas in Los Angeles, Denver in Seattle, and then two games on Sunday. So here we go, man. It's, it's happening. And I also think about Florida State's scrimmage, that uh, I was encouraged today, Mike Norvell saying, Tom, that um, they're going to play it like a game. They're going to play this scrimmage like a game. They are not going to put them in engineered situations. It's a game. Now, maybe some two-minute stuff late just so they get the reps. But for the most part, they're going to play it like a game. And in a game, you don't know what to expect. You call a play, and then 
it's it's go now. You react to what just happened, and we got to go. So this is a good dry run for the coaches as much as it is for the players. And it's not their last one because the original practice schedule called for a scrimmage last week, which we know happened on Saturday, the scrimmage this weekend on Sunday, and then a mock game two Sundays from now. So it sounds like it's going to be two mock games in a row. The assessment that we can get, maybe the whispers around the program, whatever those things, we're going to be mining for that on Sunday going into Monday. And just a logistics thing, they have practice tomorrow. It will be open to the media. Sunday is closed down for the scrimmage. The availability is not until about 9.30 at night on Sunday. I think that's what they're doing. They're gearing up for the Notre Dame late kick on a Sunday evening, get the schedule set for that off day on Monday next week. So if you're looking for updates, it's from today, tomorrow, and then all the way on Tuesday outside of scrimmage availability. Well, they went full pads today, correct? You were there. I was there. Okay, they full did, pads yes. today and then a scrimmage Sunday. Uh, that means tomorrow is a lot of walkthrough. There's not going to be much to glean from tomorrow's practice. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it can't be. And they were tired today because they were getting after it the day before and intense. So I have a hard time believing that tomorrow's going to be much of anything. Now, there's there's purpose, and you'll get something done. I'm just saying the frills and the excitement surrounding about big hits or big plays, not much coming from a Saturday before a scrimmage, I don't believe. Yeah, I agree. And and today, it was a little bit quieter between the whistles. I talked to some of our friends at Warchant.com, seeing as we have 94 people covering the Florida State program this year. I don't know if you know that, but we have 94 people covering Florida State athletics. And I was asking our myriad people, so yesterday was it like this? No, yesterday was really spirited. I think they're feeling it a little bit today. The dog days have kind of set in. But when the players were on the field and competing in the situations that they were competing in, outside of the three periods that we could talk about openly, they were getting after it. It was just between the drills, between the reps, I think they were all catching a breather. Well, I, I think, you know, honestly, a camp is an arduous thing. Uh, it's it's not like it's not hot in the state of Florida. Uh, and if you were in full pads yesterday, and they were, uh, and it was spirited, intense, and physical. It's hard to sustain that. It's perfectly normal for those guys to back off the throttle a little bit, especially the in-between play stuff. You don't have the energy for it. Right now, I care much more about execution. I care about reps and execution and guys knowing where they're supposed to be and reacting and playing comfortably and understanding their roles, arriving at that place. They still got a lot of time. I mean, they're still vetting all of this, but the competition is taking place all the time. And we're going to hear some audio from Mike Norvell here in a second, but I, I, I do want to say, uh, first of all, uh, I, I see the comments are coming in fast and furious here right off the bat because uh, obviously it's a Libations Friday. People are feeling good. I, too, am feeling good, but I will start with you, Jason. Jeff, I'm on the Gulf of Mexico. Need a happy birthday. Well, happy birthday, Jason. Happy birthday to you. I wish I, too, were hanging out on the Gulf of Mexico. The only thing is, how's the red tide? It's been a tough year. It's been a tough year. Really tough year. Chad says, just beat Notre Dame. And, um, you know, if we if it were up to me, we would, Tom. Yeah, I, I, if I could control that, I we would. that's what would happen. Damn it. That's exactly what would happen. Uh, but, alas... I want to read John's comment because it's going to segue nicely into the audio. Norvell knows where they stand, but he did not say exactly what the percentage is. He says he thinks they'll reach 85%. He is responding to a vaccination question. It matters, and we're going to talk about why it does. You saw the ACC made an announcement that uh, if you have to, uh, if you can't play a game due to players, uh, uh, not enough players due to COVID, uh, you forfeit said game. That's a loss. You, you lose the game. 
Uh, I, that's what all the conferences are going to do, by the way. And more and more, we're seeing this become a thing. And you got to get to that 85% threshold. And that's where they're efforting to get to. Now, we're not going to start in that order, or would you like to? No, we can, but I want to add one thing. I have a friend over in Jacksonville who works in the business community of the greater Jacksonville area, and uh, they may have heard a couple of whispers about the NFL's protocol on penalties for teams that can't compete because of COVID. It, this is what's been told to me secondhand. The NFL is saying behind closed doors, if your franchise can be found to have an unvaccinated player be the reason that you cannot compete, your franchise that is in the wrong must cut a check to the franchise that you're playing for the cost of a game. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not surprising now. You're starting to see both in college and pro. Right. They're all reaching the threshold. The players are going and getting vaccinated, rightfully so. And, you know, the Falcons just announced that all their players are. The, the Miami Hurricanes have announced the 85% threshold. You're seeing this. So, for example, let's just say Jacksonville is on the road playing in Atlanta, right? Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a sell because most NFL games are, or whatever the capacity would be. A Jacksonville player is unvaccinated. And he's the reason that Jacksonville cannot participate in the game. If the NFL can find out yeah, that, that's, find the out reason, that's the reason, yeah. the Jags have to cut a check to the Falcons for the gate. That is, I mean, plus the concessions and... Uh, you, you want to bet that ownership has a conversation with its coaches and players? Uh, I think it would. Yeah. I think it's already happened. Well, the money. We're getting back to the source of everything. The money. Indeed. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, I don't want to start there, though. I don't want to get burdened by that i do it's a great question and it's a pertinent question and it's something we're going to have to answer so i'm glad he was asked the question and he answered the question and actually answered the question in a way that uh kudos good job good answer uh so first let's let's hear about workloads because a lot of questions yesterday and today uh and, and dating back really to wednesday about who's practicing who's not practicing and why aren't they practicing and all that stuff and we're under certain guidelines where we can't talk in great detail about the hows and whys of what we see, especially when it pertains to player participation and or, quote-unquote, anything to do with injuries or, in this case, really frankly, you know, who's running with the ones and the twos and stuff like that. We're not really uh, permitted to talk about that. And, and I get that. I, I understand that. I've speculated some and called it speculation and announced that I was speculating that because I didn't want to uh, run against the grain there of what they asked us. But, uh, you know he's going to get asked about it a lot because what ends up happening is you, you understand coming into fall practice that you have a player with an injury history, really two of them competing for the job of quarterback. So it's very normal for people to ask questions about their relative health. Mackenzie Milton had a devastating, catastrophic injury to his leg along the lines of Alex Smith. It uh, bordered on potentially life-threatening. When you have an injury like that and you rehab and fight like hell to come back, not only is it a great story, an amazing story, and one that's gotten and received, uh, uh, rightfully, national attention, but it's also one that draws a lot of focus from that point forward because now they want to see, can you complete the comeback? Can you come all the way back to lead a team and do, especially because he was a really good player, so he's a high-profile guy. But it, it again, when you're doing that, the lingering effects 
of, of the, that injury, those kinds of injuries in general, any kind of devastating injury. I still have problems with my foot today. I, nothing like what happened with Mackenzie Milton and his leg. I'm not trying to equate that, but I, I had to basically have uh, major surgery on my foot, and I still feel that today. So that, that never goes away. Well, and then you're always afraid about compensation injuries. I can sure. just talk about, you know. Yeah. Some well, of my everybody knows, you know, right? Yeah. Favorite yeah. hockey players, though. You know, like some of them have core injuries, and the next thing you know, they have a related injury. It doesn't seem like it would be, like a hip and a knee or whatever, but everything is connected. And if you're trying to work out different muscles to compensate and stabilize that shouldn't be used for those purposes, you can have another issue that's related to the original issue. Well, you got to be really alert on all of those things. And so that's why I like this answer. Uh, Aslan from Orchant.com asked the question, and this is, is, to me, a, a way that a coach can answer this and really not create any sort of weird suspicion or nervousness amongst the fan base or speculation that is fair or unfair is to say, look, I mean, it's no secret. It's not like we're hiding the fact that Mackenzie Milton had a major injury that he's rehabbing from and fighting his way back. We're gonna we're gonna manage that. We're gonna. We're, what's important is that he play in the games that, that he play on Saturdays. So if he needs to take, and I'm just talking out loud here, if he needs to take two days off or three days off or practice for two days and take a day off in between, then so be it. I mean, you got to get him ready for the game. So that that's that's more of a a straightforward explanation that I think works for everybody and is common sense. Here here he is though talking about workload. I thought this was fascinating about. The updates that he gets every day, the coaches meet together for every single player. I mean, I, you know, I get I get very specific data on workloads of what what guys are doing, uh, every position from kickers to quarterbacks to number of throws to you know all that we're doing throughout practice. Um, and so, as you look at workloads, uh, coupled with you know guys' history, and you know if they're coming off an injury, if they have something that's ailing them, uh, we want to be smart to uh, to make sure that they get the work to that they need, but also you know not put them at risk for something that's going to extend for exper- uh, you know a longer period of time. And so, um, you know, Coach Storms, uh, you know, uh, uh, Josh Chapman, I mean, you know, our whole crew, you know, Scott Truelock, I mean, they, we meet daily on every every player's workload, exactly where they are, and then. We we try to put, map out the best plan for what they need so that we're going to be ready to go come September 5th. Is it, is it tough to stick to that when you see Mackenzie have like a good day yesterday? I, I, I don't know if you like, really want to see him back out there again, back-to-back. Uh, well, I mean, we, we get plenty of opportunities to see guys have, have back-to-back days and uh, continue to go out there and, and work at a high level. And so, um, you know, you build upon what you do the day prior, and that's, that's what we're going to continue to do. I'll say this. Uh, in response to the idea, is it tough to do that because – you know, the, a, a player has a good day the day before, and then maybe misses the next day. And is that is that frustrating, or does you know that's kind of the the spirit of that question, right? Not if you know it going in. Not not if you know going in. This is what we have to do to to make sure he's ready to play when the games start and they're for real. They knew this in the spring. They were dealing with this in the spring. It's not new, and so. If you know going in to a camp that you got a guy that is is working towards obviously being ready to play once the season officially begins and during that process it means that there are going to be good days and bad days there are going to be weeks where he feels really good and get and get out there and get after it and other times maybe not so much maybe 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 some weeks are tougher than others it's easier if you already know going in that that's something you're going to have to contend with because that was part of the process when you asked him to come play for you. It's not like you didn't know about his injury history or you didn't know that he was going to be 
trying to work through some things on his way back to, to starting games on Saturdays. So, you know, that you had to be ready to, to do that and to talk to your doctors and talk to your, you know, uh, your workout people and say, you know, your physio guys, like, what, what do we do with this? Yeah, that's where I'd say, you know, maybe at the beginning of camp you could let it be known that, hey, McKenzie's on a bit of a different schedule because we, we know what he can do in games. So let's get him to the games. It, it's not an unknown. The upper level of what McKenzie Milton is capable of has been seen by the country time and time again. So we want to make sure we put him, in, put him in the best position to be ready for the games. That's what he said today. Could have put to bed maybe some of the whispers early in the week had it happened a little bit earlier in the week. But I can attest to what he talks about with Coach Storms and the training staff. I was between the 30s and the IPF for a portion of practice today. They have a table set up with an assistant of Josh Storms that has a laptop open, taking copious notes, and Storms comes back and forth to that particular table, relaying information about what they want to do, how they want to ramp up certain workouts for certain people, ramp them down. I'm sure they do other things, but for the 15, 20 minutes I was standing around there, they are constantly communicating. Real-time feedback during practice. Coach Storms is monitoring how guys have reacted to their workouts and whether or not they might need to dial it back on certain days. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's, they've come so far. There was no such thing as workloads uh, when I played, and really many of you, if you're over the age of, I don't know, 25, I mean, that, that this didn't really exist. You got your ass to practice. You did what they told you to do, no matter how tired you were or what you were going to do, and uh, everybody could benefit from it. It's um, When you think about exercise science and uh, the, the tools uh, at your disposal and, and the way that you can optimize people's workouts on a daily. I mean, I'm talking about just regular people going to work out and doing all these things. It is pretty cool. It's, it's amazing. It's what they do at Orange Theory Fitness, Tom Lang. Segway galore. How many days? How many days in a row am I going to you know, exemplify excellence in Segway talent? There was no way that a Libations Friday from 3 to 6 was going to be that smooth with a Segway. But now that Libations Fridays occur a little bit earlier in the day, we still have time for the happy hour post-show. In fact, we can arrive before happy hour begins. We could. Post-show. I think your Segway game on Fridays is going to be much stronger for that reason. Unreal is what that was. Unreal. Orange Theory Fitness, where you save a ton of money and get your ass in shape. That's not an official logo or their catchphrase, but it should be. It should be. Right now, it is the summer of more life. You get the first month free with a purchase of a heart rate monitor August through September 30th. Go on and save you some money, everybody. Refer a friend and or upgrade, and you will get discounted membership prices for the next three months after that. You're saving a ton of money, and if you're an active member and you uh, get back after it, and, uh, you know, a non-active member, I should say, and you get back after it, so you're a premier member, you'll receive $50 off of three months as well. So that's what you want to do, orange3fitness.com. We'll come back. We'll hear some more from head coach Mike Norvell. Had some interesting comments today about the freshman contributors. I'm really interested in this because I think it lends context to something we've been talking about for a week uh, or I've been talking about for two weeks. And then Chubba Purdy is mentioned here a little bit in terms of reps. Uh, and then also people have been asking on the chat and understandably so as you read the news around the country regarding that 85% threshold, which allows you to avoid some of the COVID protocol in terms of the testing that will take place. Uh, and and whether or not you have enough guys eligible to play football, which we all want to see. So uh, he was asked a question about it, and he answered that straightforward, which I appreciate. Chef Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Libations Friday, Lucy Goosey, Jeff Cameron Show. Good to be with you. Hey, hey. Uh, let's go through here and get to some comments. Um, William, actually, and I want to get back to the audio as well, but there's a string of comments from William here that are, are interesting, and I appreciate him adding this to the discussion. He says he learned in his rehabilitation class that injuries, especially ligamentous injuries, are related to the sensory receptors, and those injuries can overload the brain. It's a word I use a lot. How was your dinner? Ligamentous? Ligamentous, as always. Fantastic. Overloading the brain with the sensors can take away space needed for the brain to process stimuli outside the area that was injured. So being under attack in a game can further lead to injury. And then finally, uh, he wrote that I should have also added will lead to further injury if the person is not able to adjust prior to the game with similar stimuli needed to adjust appropriately. So this gets back to the pertinent part of the conversation when one is rehabbing and preparing themselves to enter into uh, a, a playing environment, a high-intensity environment. And now from the 3,000-level class back to the radio program. Working your way uh, back onto the football field in a game scenario, you have to put yourself through the paces, for lack of a better term, to see how your brain responds to that stimuli and you adjust to that yep. before we're full guns blazing, you know, before we go out there and it's go time. So, you know, again, we're getting back to the load management aspect of the conversation with Mackenzie Milton and having some practices where he participates, plays well, doesn't play well, doesn't really matter. He's going through those reps, whatever it might be, then maybe a day off and, you know, when that's going to be, I, I don't know, but they, they're monitoring that closely as they have to, obviously. Well, and you could apply it to 2016 Dalvin, and I'm not talking about the hamstring. Remember the shoulder injury that he was coming off of, and mm-hmm. how he wore the extra flak jacket in spring camp, and, and he wasn't, or sorry, fall camp, but he, he wasn't always there, and there was much to do about what is he capable of. A lot of questions coming out of the Louisville blowout on the road. And then by the time we were done with the South Florida game, where we blew out USF down in Tampa, the answer from Jimbo was, it's just pain tolerance. He's got to be able to trust it. It's not going to feel great, but you've just got to kind of let it go and, and be fearless. Those and are the of tough course, ones. Dalvin turned the corner in that regard, but yeah. Pain tolerance is tough, too, because when your, your natural reaction when you feel pain, when your body is letting you know that it hurts, it's usually thought of and felt as a warning. You know, this is this is painful. I need to back off the throttle. I don't need to push through this. It's trying to tell me you got problems, man. It's usually inflammation of some sort. But you know, that's that's frustrating, right? But you do reach a place eventually where it could be scar tissue, it could be whatever it is. You have to work through you that. Push you're not, through it. You're and not at risk to further injure yourself. Although in your mind, you're thinking, man, right. And to William's point, you, you don't want to nurse it because if you nurse it, then you're going to hurt something else. Uh, let's get to uh, Chuba reps. This is interesting. He's asked a question about the other quarterbacks getting opportunities because of the managing of workload. 
Yeah, you know, I think it's I think it's been good for uh, you know for all our guys, and I mean it's not you know not you look at all positions. Uh, we came into it this week. You look at week one. Um, you know, it was it was something that we wanted to see McKenzie and Jordan really get the bulk of the reps. And you look back at the scrimmage and you throw out the first week, and they were pushing probably eighty percent of it um, as we were rolling. So you know, Chuba and, and Tate, you know, had uh, you know spare spare opportunities. But as we gone into the second week, you know, we've really wanted to, to up that look. Um, you know, it's uh, I think it's been good. It's been an opportunity uh, with McKenzie and Jordan to, to you know allow them to, to deload at different different times and kind of go through their process and uh, and preparing for September fifth. And uh, you know I'm excited about the, the steps that I've seen. I'm so excited about the opportunities and and the situations that Chubba has been put in because once again he went basically the last year without a whole lot of practice. And uh, you know this has been really good for him. Uh, you know he's making strides. You know he's having some some. Uh, some very positive moments and then some moments to learn from. But, uh, you know, he's, he's approaching practice the right way, and, uh, you know, I like the growth that I'm seeing. Critical to mention that he's approaching practice the right way. He's getting reps. He's having good days, bad days, good moments, bad moments. That's normal. That's somebody working their way through and getting back to playing football at a really difficult position. Uh, and, and so the ups and downs are going to be there. I'm just happy to hear that Chubba Purdy is a part of this thing and bought in and working hard and approaching practice the right way because if you think back to how eerily quiet it was where Chubba Purdy went home to kind of deal with his rehab and all of that, one would begin to wonder, is he going to be part long-term of this program? It's a natural thing to wonder when somebody's not around. Uh, and he was asked about this already, and he answered it. He had to basically get his head right, you know, and he wanted to be around – family and close-knit group uh, that support him in order to do that. But it's, it's, it's a tough thing. It takes a hell of a lot of maturity to, to leave frustrated as he must have been, as anybody would be when you have an injury, then you have surgery, then there's a setback, and you're almost like starting over. You would be frustrated because you're not doing what you came here to do at that point. You're just dealing with rehabs and setbacks, and you're not playing football, and it's got to be so infuriating. And a lot of times guys decide, I want a clean slate. I'm going to start somewhere else. So for him to get right and to come back and to compete as deep as this quarterback room is in terms of where he would be on the depth chart returning is a good sign about where his mind space is. Yeah, I would totally agree. The first day of practice this fall, he was available at the very end of the day yeah, when they ran the there, two practices. Yeah. And I, extra two or three minutes at the end, uh, most of the cameras had shut off, but I continued to ask Chubba questions about the rehab and the nature of it. And he was, I mean, really open about it, talking about how mentally he was in a very dark place. It wasn't necessarily about Florida State. It was just the rehab and the process of being hurt. He said, I, I realize now how important mental health is in the whole process of rehabilitation. It's not just a physical rehabilitation, but it's a mental rehabilitation. And then I asked him, how often were you rehabbing? He said, every day, at least a couple hours a day. And then I would go on the field, and my dad would make sure that everything was in line in terms of my fitness. He said, there was no holding back wasn't like I went home to do nothing. Right, right. Uh, but he, he was very open about the fact that, yeah, mentally speaking, he was in a dark place, but he feels a hell of a lot better now. Uh, freshman contributors, and I think this ends up kind of, a, in my mind, it illuminates a lot of what we've been talking about, what this season is going to be and what they're looking at in terms of the rebuild long term. And also, it's a sign to me that they really nailed this class and they're excited about that group that did commit, that did come in here. And we know what they've got coming in, at least on paper, at least verbally, is also exciting. So that's a, that's a good trend. That's moving in the right direction. Here he is talking about these freshmen. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's a really good group. I mean, it is um, 
for the ability that these guys have. I mean, there's going to be a good number. I'd probably say five or six that, I, that are going to have an opportunity to impact this team this year. Um, and then even the guys that, that don't, I mean, as they continue to grow and develop, I mean, it's it's a really good group, hardworking group. Um, you know, obviously, as we get closer to the game, uh, you know, game one, we'll see where that's at. Um, you know, the new the new uh, rule that start, happened a couple of years ago uh, with, with those guys being allowed to play in four games, uh, you know, that gives us a lot of flexibility as the season progresses. And so we'll see where, we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, but no doubt, I mean, I think we hit with this freshman group and, um, you know, they are responding in the moment. That is a really good sign. I mean, long term, where you're building this thing and where you want to get to is going to be really reliant, not on transfers, grad transfers, transfers of any kind. Yes, you can use them. Transfer portal can be useful. We've seen that, obviously. It did wonders for Miami at the quarterback position. We know it works in some cases, but it's not how you want to build your team. That's not the way you build a team that's together, that builds and grows and becomes closer and closer and closer. You don't do that with one-year guys, one-year you know, one-offs or anything like that. It can, again, be a helpful tool, and it is useful, but you want to build through these recruiting classes. Just like in the NFL, you don't build through free agency. You build through the draft, and you get guys to come in and buy in, work together, and they go through the ranks. You know, They start out, maybe they have a tough year because, obviously, if you're drafted high, you're there for a reason, usually. It's, it's that the team was bad. And so you get better together, and there's a real camarader- camaraderie that's built in that sense. And so that's how you build a team. You don't do it through transfers, but, again, it is a useful tool. I like him talking about these freshmen and how many of them are ready to contribute right off the bat. They've got to find a way to push through some of the aches and pains of camp, and physically it can be tough, especially on a freshman. I think a lot of these young receivers are going through that right now. They're going to need Malik McClain. He is a... A pretty polished kid. He's a big, strong kid. I think long-term, he's a, a real answer for them at wide receiver. He's going to have to be a big answer for them this year in that receiving core. But it's hard for a freshman to have a huge impact at that position. So I'll be curious to see. When he talks about needing those guys to step up, it lets you know at home, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think it's a fair thing to take away from those comments. It lets you know just how, how desperate sad the situation was that he walked into. I mean, you, you are, it's at a place like Florida State, typically, when you're operating at peak efficiency, as I like to say, freshmen aren't rolling in here and playing a huge role. And it's the select cases where you have freaks. Like a Travis Hunter, any era, any year, would be a guy that could come in and likely impact your team. But that's for the few and the very unique and the very gifted and the very special. When, when a lot of freshmen, say four or five, are going to get significant playing time. And even more as the season goes along and you prepare some of those other young guys, because remember the rule, the rule that they implemented a couple years back, where you can play in four games and still have your red shirt. So some of these guys aren't ready week one, game one, or week two, game two, or three. They might be ready by you know the last four weeks of the season and you want to get a look at them and they've matured and they've gotten acclimated to their new surroundings and they've learned how to handle the physical and the emotional and the mental, right? and they're going to school and all that, and they've got their relationships, and now maybe we throw them into the fire and see what they can do and get them a little bit of experience while still retaining that red shirt. So that tells me they're going to have upwards of if you know maybe five to seven guys that are freshmen that are going to need to play a role for this team to be successful. Well, good, A, you recruited some talented kids, but B, the roster's pretty desperate. That situation's pretty desperate if you're having to play that many young guys, in my mind.
Let's get to some of these because I have more. That is what you do. Uh, I have more, obviously, uh, comments here and Norvell clips to go through. Uh, Chad, thank you so much, buddy. Sunset Shrimp Tacos on him. I'll take it. Well done. Gordon, I'm waiting for that woo, baby. What do you think about the rumored alliance between the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12? I like it from a scheduling standpoint. That's how you do it. You align yourself. You isolate. You regionalize the SEC. You gather yourselves together, and you you rotate a schedule that uh, you can then sell to the uh, networks and make a lot of money, and everybody's doing well. I think it's a good idea. It's the the best way to align yourself and protect yourself from there. Uh, Eric. Woo! Thank God it's Friday, Jeff and Tom. Hopefully scrimmage number two goes well this weekend. Drinks on me. I'm going to hit the golf course. Have a nice weekend. Eric, enjoy. Swing the sticks, baby. Woo! Have fun with that. Um, I wish I were joining you uh, on the course, although it is 105 degrees. It did change by about 1040 this morning. It went from okay to good Christmas. We need to go. We need to get indoors. (laughs) <laughs> even the players at the end of practice, they finished practice at the IPF today, but I, I think I'm allowed to say that even though it's not in the first three periods. Uh, but when they were walking out, a lot of the guys were, were happy because it was smoothie day. They had the smoothies ready to go. But ah, it's the simple pleasures, everybody. When you have a football player telling you it's hot outside, you know, because they deal with all kinds of heat in camp. It is particularly hot today. It's smoothie day. How fitting is it that it's smoothie day on a libations Friday? You're damn right. Any updates on DLT playing full go, Nathaniel Hornblower, Beasties fan you, uh, I would say, yes, he is coming along nicely. Uh, coming along nicely. He yeah, is, they commented on that openly yesterday. That's right. He's yeah. expected to be ready to go by the time we play Notre Dame, and that is a needed shot in the arm. Speaking of which, that would have been another nice segue. I'm going to move it forward. We'll come back, and I'll talk, talk about that in a moment. I am on fire, guys. You are so welcome. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Go back to late July. Kirby Smart announced that the Georgia Bulldogs had reached uh, the over 85% threshold for vaccines, thus able to avoid regular COVID-19 testing and the team having to worry about forfeiting games. Wisconsin has announced the same. They are over 85%. Uh, a lot of teams now making that announcement. Uh, you see in the NFL, late July, early August, I think they had at that time uh, 28 teams. 28 teams had gone above 88% uh, in the NFL. Now you have uh, almost all at 88% or above. Uh, That's probably next week you'll get 100% there. And we know that in order to avoid uh, triggering those tests uh, that the 85% threshold is necessary to get to, uh, and it will be a sigh of relief when that happens. So he was asked about it, Mike Norvell was today, and let's hear the audio from Coach Norvell responding to that question. I do, I do know where we are with the vaccination rate, and we're getting closer to uh, to that to that point. We are uh, we've had uh, you know, a lot of guys that have that have made made you know, decisions to uh, uh, to put themselves in the best best opportunity. Um, and when it comes to that, so uh, um, I feel good about where we are and where we'll be, especially uh, heading into the to the first game. Is it crucial to hit that 85 percent mark, or is it being? Oh, I mean, you know, it's at, at the end of the day. I mean, it, it's um, you look across across the country. I mean, there is, um, you know, it, it's a it's a volatile time in in dealing with uh, with with COVID, and uh, you know, 
uh, with the variants and all those things. And so we want to just make sure our guys are in, as safe as possible and putting them in the best position uh, to be able to go out there and play this game that they love. You know, if there's, if there, whether it's a positive test, whether it's contact tracing, any of those things, it, it um, you know, guys are going to miss opportunity or miss time and opportunities, uh, which is which is a challenge. And so, um, yeah, we, we definitely are are looking forward to hitting that hitting that mark, and I feel very confident that uh, you know, as we as we progress, I mean, you know, we're going to be able to do so. Very confident that as they progress here, they'll be able to get to that threshold before the Notre Dame game. That's a, an important audio clip for you to hear, an important answer from Mike Norvell. Uh, you know, it's funny, I was just reading as I was going through, I was trying to find team by team where we were in the ACC after the announcement yesterday by the ACC that if teams don't meet that threshold and they have to uh, opt out of a game uh, because of it uh, for any reason, uh, then that it's a forfeit. So I thought, well, it's pretty important. You want to play your football games, and financially speaking, they have to play their football games. So um, it's not surprising to hear that the athletic director spoke to the team on this note because uh, we're broke. Uh, but I wanted to go through and look at all the teams across the country uh, and see where we were at. And it's really encouraging to see in most of the conferences what you're reading. And I even read where uh, Nick Rolovich, the uh, coach there at Washington State, who made news a few weeks back for saying that he wasn't going to be vaccinated, um, said that the under the new state mandate requiring COVID-19 vaccinations for those working at the state's colleges and universities, that he would comply and be vaccinated today and would get right on it. And, and that all of his staff would, too. So th- th- that's happening across the country. This is just a kind of a behind-the-curtain moment. After practice was over and Mike Norvell was speaking to the media, I was going to put up any major updates on the Warchant.com Twitter feed, at Warchant. Yeah. And, and Ira and I looked at each other when he made this, when he offered this answer to this question about, all right, so how do you update this? Because this is something that belongs out there immediately. Yeah, you sure. Know, Mike Norvell's yeah. comment on it. And so I authored it, and I said, Mike Norvell says he feels confident where FSU football is and where they will be relative to the 85% COVID vaccination threshold by September 5th. And in writing that, I thought, oh, my goodness, he may have kind of put himself on a deadline. It, like, there's an well, expectation that- now by the Notre Dame game through those comments that they're going to hit it. That's really good news if, that's in fact, they news. can deliver on that news. Like, that's that's one of the headlines of the day, if not the headline of the day, considering the whispers that we heard just weeks ago uh, in Charlotte at the ACC kickoff about where those numbers might be, mm-hmm. that's a massive development for the reliability of having a game on a Saturday, yeah. week to well, week. Well, listen, you you don't have to speculate at all to say that it was a concern of theirs. That's why you bring in Myron Roll. That's why Leonard Hamilton talks to the team. That's why the athletic director talks to the team, David Coburn. That's why, you know, I mean, you didn't do that for your health, but maybe you did for your health. Yes, indeed, do that. I mean, but obviously, you know what I mean? They, they felt concerned enough about it to attack it and get after it. And it's working. That's good news. Brian writes, uh, why is nobody talking about giving any updates on Andrew Parchment? Uh, that's from Brian. Thank you very much. Uh, we, we've given updates on uh, Parchment and what we've been able to see from him when he's, uh, when he's out there practicing. And uh, he's a speed guy. They brought him in as a speed guy. He's a guy that uh, I think more than anything else has to be reliable at stretching the field. It opens up all the underneath stuff. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I can't. I, I will. I will tell you of the practices I've attended, and and you were at today's practice. Um, you know, he's not a dynamic, game changing, going to alter the segment group receiver. But is he valuable, and is he needed, and was it potentially a good move to bring him in? Yes, if he's if he plays in the games and stretches the field, then it was a good idea to bring him in. I'll reiterate what I said too. First, when I we went up to Charlotte as a staff for Warchant to cover the event, both quarterbacks mentioned Andrew Parchment and they said speed, and and that was a misconception on my part. 
I thought he was going to be more of a red zone guy and not somebody who could stretch the field. Um, and, and when both quarterbacks tell you through PRPs that that's what they see is speed. Speed. Then I went out to practice and wanted to see him with my own eyes. And that he looks like a speed receiver more than he does a prototypical possession receiver. Well, he's rail thin. Uh, and, you know, a lot of I those, was saying it kindly. Yeah, one of those uh, speed guys usually, you know. You don't you don't look at rail thin guys typically as over the middle possession receivers. Uh, you you look at guys that they want to run, want to run free, run to the run to the high country town. That's well, <laughs> the land of the Camerons. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so yeah, there there is that. Uh, Brian asks about Kushni. Uh, you know I, he's going to be an interesting guy to watch because yeah. he doesn't physically. Fit the role. He'd have to be a really good college football player in order to be a game breaker for us, right? Like it's not—he's not a body type that you would say is made for Sundays. Not a oh, he's got he no plays. chance to play in the NFL. Uh, Cushing, that is, yeah, yep. no chance. Uh, but you have to be one of those try extra guys. Well, yeah, well, and I'm not saying he can't play, and I'm not saying he can't add some value. He's just—he's a weird-looking cat to be where he is on the football field. Guys don't typically look like that that play that position. He's short for an end. Uh, now, he's got long arms for his height, but there's nothing extraordinary about him. There's nothing that you look at and you think, oh, he's going to light it up come Saturdays. And, but, but he may be able to play a role. I think he might be able to, especially as you know the season wears on. we got to remember that he didn't work with the team in the summer. I mean, uh, Adam Fuller said he just got on campus when we talked to them at the lunch in two weeks mm-hmm. ago today. So I, I think he's still getting up to speed there. Uh, to, to count on him now in the first month of the season – would be to ask too much, in my opinion. We'll see. But I will say, that segment group, Keir Thomas continues to perform and continues to stand out. That's good news, man. I saw it today. Four was noticeable. Exciting news. we got to go to break, but as we do, I just want you to know, if you're not watching on the YouTube feed, which I understand, you may be driving down the road listening to the good old-fashioned and kick-ass radio, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, you're missing out on the Jeff Cameron Show logo at the bottom of the screen for Gordo's, and it is simply spectacular. I want that shirt of Eddie's face as a chef Next to the Jeff Cameron Show logo. That is fantastic. Bravo team. You guys kick ass. It's the Jeff Cameron Show. The album that sounds least like any other David Bowie record. My man said, I'm going all in. And he nailed it. Well, he did tend to do that. Um, Yes, he did. Uh, By the way, a very young, a very young, and this may... Surprise you, Tom Wang. You know, I could I dole out some nuggets every now and then. A very young Luther Vandross sings on that song. Is that right? Boom, I'm here for okay, you, baby. Nice. I'm here for you. Was that on the documentary? When they, they have the, the footage of him yeah, recording that back album. Back when he's like a buck eighty. Yeah. And the backup singers were like, What is this dude doing trying this genre of music? And kicking ass. And they were converted. Well as we halfway all have through been. this song, he, they turn and look at him like, My man, you got a little of that in you, do you? Okay. Okay. If you had New England last night, 35 to nothing over the Eagles, that was easy money at the gate, baby. Any team, rule of thumb, any team that has a quarterback battle, bet on them. They're going to play serious longer. End of story. Uncle Jeff's here for you. Quarterback battles, easy money. You take the ones that are betting and competing, right? That's the whole deal. They got to find out who they're starting on Sundays. They don't have time for your nonsense. Go ahead, put your third string in. I'm going to leave Mac out there throwing the ball around. I'm going to let Cam get through this whole quarter because I need to see, is he my guy? So next thing you know, you got 
two and a half quarters of real football being played with quite a few starters. That is you cashing tickets. There you go. Last Saturday, Tom, speaking of which, 10 and 1 to the under preseason game. Is that right? 10 and 1 to the under on Saturday. Okay. What does this Saturday hold? Bunch of football games Buffalo, Chicago, New York, Green Bay, Atlanta, Miami, Baltimore, Carolina, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Tampa, Houston, Dallas, Indianapolis, Minnesota, Vegas, and Los Angeles, meaning the Rams and uh, Denver and Seattle. Saturday slate, it is bountiful. We gonna we gonna see all unders again. I would lean under in the Tampa Tennessee game, given that Bruce Arians said they're not gonna play a lot of their starters on offense. At least if they do on defense, the Bucks, then you would think that that's gonna be another sloppy, low scoring game. Yeah, just something to watch if you're trying. If people say all the time, like, "What are we What are we doing here, Cameron? You're talking to me about preseason football. I am. I'm talking to you about ways to win money. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, not preseason yeah, football. No, I'm not talking about the uh, the position battles taking place in Detroit. In that Pittsburgh game, I'm talking about what are the trends and why. And again, the answer to that is if you've got a quarterback battle, you get more reps with meaningful starters on the field for longer because both quarterbacks have to be given a fair shot. That's how it happens. So any place you can identify where that's happening, you don't want to take those teams typically, typically. And right now, should be noted that uh, last Saturday was just 10-1 and one to the under. We'll keep watching. Whoa! We'll right, keep watching. Was it? Oh, my goodness. Alex, Alex contributes to the program. Does he ever, Alex? Does he ever? Good old Tom, come by the focal point and let me set you up with uh, smudge-free lenses. You know what's funny about that is I, too, think about this, Alex. His lenses are an atrocity. They are. It's an embarrassment to lenses everywhere. They, they are indeed. They're smudged and scratched and brutalized. These lenses, I got <laughs> this particular pair of glasses... Uh, a long time the, ago. Yes, just before the spring game in which Jameis Winston hit a walk-on over LaMarcus Joyner. Touchdown! So these things are pushing nine years old almost now. And they look it. They do. It's a wonder you see out of those things. Your eyes have been forever scarred. They'll well, be rehabilitated with new lenses. Well done, Alex. Uh, you got a free live read out, out of it, but uh, I'll be by. You can bank on it. I may be by too, Alex. Oh, you're good with your contacts. I'm you're tired fine. of my contacts. You're Some fine. days I want to work with the glasses. You angle. abandoned the show logo. You abandoned it. We should. We should. Brush, I didn't No, we should brush that the glasses out of the logo. When I'm golfing and or exercising, glasses are a pain in the ass. You would concur. It, they are. You get all sweaty, and I, so there are times that I I don't want them on. We got to go to break. Way to go, Alex. Good job. I'm supposed to post you. I think. There you go. Hour number two, fourth, coming, stay with me.